on his dime. We're here because of him. And so, you know, this is why we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his, his courts with praise. Because simply he's the one that's responsible for all of this. And so this morning as you're standing, I'm going to ask you to pray for one another right now. Let's ask the Lord to touch us. Open up our eyes. So many things in this world want to capture our attention. And we just need to put them out of the way. We need to come and we need to just have no agendas. God, whatever you want to do is what I want to do in Jesus' name. Touch us. Strengthen us. Let the word of the Lord minister very greatly to us. There are several here that are having some real issues Real issues, physically and mentally, Lord God. And that's not a slam against them. That's just where they're at right now. But Lord God, I believe you are here. You have personally came into this place. Your angels are here as ministering spirits to touch and to minister to everyone here. God, your will is not that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. I believe that this place is built for something like that, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. My prayer personally is that none of us will ever be the same again. That God, after sensing and being in the presence like this, that God, nothing else will satisfy. That we will hunger and thirst not only after righteousness, but after you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. That's what I pray for right now. I pray for that hunger Level to go way up in each and every one of us, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Strengthen everyone here. Touch and move upon us, Lord God, freely. As we progress during this service, Lord God, you personally have my permission to do whatever you want. You can touch us and strengthen us, convict us. You can move us into a place of repentance. God, your goodness is here, so I know that will happen in Jesus' name. And so strengthen us, Lord God. Strengthen us and touch us, Lord God. And let the will of the Father be done in this place, Lord God, significantly in Jesus' name. And as always, I give you the praise and the glory, God. All of the credit goes to you. credit goes to you, Lord. All of the credit goes to you in Jesus' name. And I do. I give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. Um, the, um, the youth are in with us today. Jake and Acacia are sick. And so they're going to have to put up with me for the next 45 minutes or so. And so we appreciate you. It's an honor to have you. We're glad that you're here. And um, we welcome you. You are important to this church. Praise God. Everyone is. It doesn't matter what your age group is and that type of thing. Let me make this announcement or a couple of announcements before I get started here. First of all, in October, um, there's going to be a men's retreat over in Alpine. That's way over on the other side of the state. And um, I talked to Brother Ashworth this week, and he's excited about it. Brother Wolford is going to be coming in and doing some speaking. And so it promises to be very, very rich, very, very rich. He's a tremendous speaker and a tremendous author. And so he will be there. That's the 14th and the 15th. The urgency right now is that we need to make whoever's going to go. And we were, pl we're planning on taking the van, so hopefully we'll be able to do that. And we're going to need to make reservations. So if you're going to go, would it be okay if I use you as the lead again? Okay. I want you to contact Carlos because we need to make those hotel reservations before, uh, before October the 1st. And that's coming right up. And so, men, this is for you. This is a sectional thing. 
praise God. Um, I don't, I, he didn't give me any money details. All I know is he'll probably be taking up an offering. So, um, and so we'll be glad to do that. So go planning on giving in that regard, but there is no registration fee or anything like that that I have heard of. I'll see him again this week, and um, if he does, I'll, I'll pass that on to you. But right now, we just got to cover our hotel expenses. He's covering all the food, too. I mean, it's tremendous. His wife is making, he told me, his wife is making a couple of different kinds of gumbo, uh, pulled pork. I mean to tell you, um, I better quit while I'm ahead, right? Because this is going to get everybody ready for lunch. But it's promising to be a good time. And so I'm, I, 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 I know we've had a, this thing's going on, right, one right after another. So there's no reason why people are not being ministered to in Jesus' name. Um, tonight also we'll be having services here. What I would like you to consider doing is coming tonight, um, and we'll give room for this, um, uh, some time for some testimonies. Maybe it's one of these services that we've been having. We've had ladies' retreats. We've had men's retreats. We've had church in a day. I mean, we've had, um, we had our own event at the beginning of August that was fantastic. Still hearing people calling me and telling me what a tremendous, tremendous meeting that was. And so we've just, a lot of good things are happening. But I think it, it's good to just give God the credit for this. And so if God has touched you in a, in a unique way, I know several of you approached me about some testimonies, and I want you to be ready for tonight, praise God. We don't have um, services every Sunday night now. We, we try to have men's and women's meetings once a month, and so that leaves us usually two Sundays a month, Sunday nights that is, and so come expecting. I believe miracles are in this place. Amen. And I believe that God is, again, it's on his dime. He's the one that said he could, we, we could do this in Jesus' name. Think about it. Jesus said if you believed on him the way the scripture saith, which is really the most important principle of all. You know, making up some kind of a Jesus on the way we think he is really is not going to do you or I any good. We need to go to scripture and we need to verify everything that God said he would do. Praise God. When you're there, you've got a safety net. You've got his, his backing, if I can put it that way. You know, the Bible says in the 16th chapter of the book of Matthew, after Jesus told them that he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Remember that? He said you're going you're gonna to have the ability through God to be able to cast out devils and, and to speak with new tongues and pick up any deadly thing and drink any deadly thing and it won't harm you. He said you'd lay hands on the sick and, and they would recover. These are signs that are, that are really literally supposed to um, follow us. We're not supposed to follow after the signs. But then the Bible says at the end of that chapter that he went with them, Jesus, confirming the word. Can you say amen? And I believe that 2,000 years plus later, he's still doing that. He is still confirming his word. And so you and I, we can, we can really, really, really have confidence in that in Jesus' name. So I hope that you will consider that tonight, coming back to service and joining us in, in um, giving God the credit. Amen. Um, and, and the Lord is good. I've been here the last probably couple of months. The Lord has quickened my heart a little bit about education and helping people to know things. Amen. Uh, the book of Hosea in the Old Testament makes reference to the fact at that time that people were perishing for the lack of knowledge. And I don't think that that should ever be the case in an apostolic church. Can you, see, can you say amen? And there are more and more and more and more opportunities today, especially with the online services that even our organization has for people to grow. Amen. Um, one of the things we have to be careful of is we have to learn the digestive system of God. 
You say, what do you mean? Well, I've always uh, used the analogy of receiving the things of God is a lot like our body. You know, you can sit here and you can say, well, I got the weekend off, so I'm going to sit down and I'm going to eat three weeks worth of meals. Well, you could try to, try to do that, and all you're going to do is bring yourself great distress. That's all you're going to do, because you're going to stuff yourself, you're going to make yourself sick, and that's not how it works. Look at somebody and say, that's not how it works. It isn't. Amen. God allows us the ability, even through our natural bodies, to absorb these things and for it to go into the blood system and to do the work that it's supposed to do. First of all, it has to break down. It really does. You can't take a, you know, a T-bone steak and swallow it whole. Well, I guess you could try that. But the point of it is that's the way you're made up. Well, in my opinion, that's the way the spiritual realm is. That there's a lot of things when it comes to the Word of God that need to be broken down so that we can handle this stuff. No, I'm not talking about yours and my interpretation. I'm talking about yours and my ability to receive, accept. The Scripture says to receive or to accept the Word of God that's able to save your soul. That's how it is. Amen. And so this is why we have to have a steady diet. That's how it works. And that's why this church gives time for all kinds of different realms of that. We have discipleship classes. We have Wednesday night Bible study. We have, you know, preaching and teaching and all of that kind of business that goes on on a regular basis here. And that's the will of God. That is the will of God. But along with that, I want to give you the ability to learn more. Today I have um, a track, and that's what I've been doing. And the name of the track is, If God Loves Me, Why Am I Hurting? You ever wonder about that? Why doesn't God just come down here and take care of everything in my life? Yeah, I've wondered that many times. And, um, you know, the why is probably one of the hardest things that we have to have God answer. And the why is probably, um, uh, you know, one of the, um, the longest things that we do. This last Pentecostal magazine, and I, I need to get rid of these, brother, and I'm going to put you in charge of that. Amen. You can give these to anybody you want right now. Because I've got a new one that I want to give out. But the, the, the edition has, um, the, the, I guess the, um, well, the theme is on mourning. And boy, we don't like that, do we? If you study the, uh, the book of Matthew, um, uh, and I do relentlessly, and especially the 5th, 6th, and the 7th chapters, it's where Jesus really, 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 really began to teach in depth. He took off the kid gloves. And I mean, really, he just, he really began to present the word. Not in a condescending way, but in a way that this is what's got to happen. You've got to have this word in your life if you're going to ever obtain what I call spiritual, you know, success. And so the first thing that Jesus dealt with, and you can study this for yourself, right off the bat, he studied, he presented nine different attitudes. Yeah, right, you can list them right down there. Praise God. You know, blessed are they are the poor in spirit, for they, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Praise God. The second one is the one that sometimes we avoid. He says, blessed are they that mourn. What? We're living in a generation that never wants to feel sad. We don't want to feel bad about some of the dumb stuff we do. Now, come on, folks. I'm not here to say that we have to saturate ourselves in that stuff, but it is part of the process. Now, Jesus said that blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. You're never going to learn comfort, true comfort, until you go through some things and help others to do that. 
And so a lot of that has to do with the hurting aspect. God wants to help you and I to have empathy for people. What does that mean? He wants us to know what's going on. Not that we become experts. And that's one thing that kind of irritates me about myself and people. Right away when people start telling us about things, you know, we want to become the expert. You know, we want to share with them about how we went through something similar. And I'm not saying that doesn't do any good sometimes. But I think the first thing we need to do is learn how to listen. And learn how to help people understand, you know, God is with you. He hasn't abandoned you. That's not what happened here. That's not what you're feeling. My Bible tells me that God will never leave us or forsake us. And I take God's promises literally, folks. He isn't the one that leaves. We're the one that does. And so sometimes we have to understand that God wants to help us to understand these things and by going through the things. You know, one scripture that really helped me to explain it in generality was the fact that the Bible says that we now know that all things together work for the good. For those that love God and those that are called according to his purpose or his intention. So we understand that nothing gets thrown out in the kingdom of God. Now we can throw it out, we can dismiss it, and we can walk away from it. And we make a great mistake when we do that. We should be learning from things. We should be able to let God do anything in our life or bring anything or allow anything to come into our life. And we should be able to learn from it. Can you say amen? Now listen, this is not me reprimanding you. This is me reminding you of the fact that we live in a very unfair world. I had somebody tell me that the other day and I said, you're just realizing that? And I wasn't trying to be smart. I was just trying to say, are you kidding me? I've known this for years. I knew this even before I came to God, that the world was unfair. Did I like it? No, but it's the way it is. Somebody said one time that, you know, a problem is made to be solved. It is. That's why God gives you a brain. That's why God gives you the Holy Ghost. That's why God gives you abilities, is so you can solve problems. And I believe that one of the things the apostolic church, as a byproduct, is, is we become problem solvers. Now, some problems take a little longer than others, obviously, and we want instantaneous things. But that's not going to happen most of the time. But if it's, not a, if it's not a problem that can be solved, do you know what it becomes? It becomes a predicament. Yeah. Or, I've termed it over the years, a challenge. There are some things in life that are just going to continually challenge us. And that's good for us. We don't go weak that way. See, you and I, and I'm talking about myself along with you, if God comforted us and gave us everything we wanted, we'd become so fat and lazy in the spirit that I'm going to tell you something, we would be no good for nobody. Now come on, whether you believe this or not, say amen. It's the truth anyway. Praise God. And so God wants to help us to, be, to continue to be lean in the spirit, praise God. So a lot of times he will allow these things. Now I'm not telling you I have all the answers. I'm just telling you that God does. Amen. And in that article there, or in that magazine that, that Carlos is going to let some of you have, praise God, there's some wonderful articles in there that have to do with the fact of suffering. <laughs> suffering and, and that type of thing. And again, I, I got a feeling that it's going to touch a nerve with somebody here. And so I believe that God wants to help us. This is part of our ongoing learning project that God has for us. And so I hope that you will accept this in Jesus' name. We're living in a culture, unfortunately, that wants to do with, away with every bit of pain in life. 
And I'm not saying that I wake up every morning going, oh, give me more. I love to have pain, you know. No, I'm not saying that that's where I'm at, but I've learned to appreciate it. I've learned to value some of this stuff that I'm going through, that God is showing me things, you know, with this pain that probably I would not see anywhere else in Jesus' name. And so I believe that God wants to help you. And if you want more information, there's actually, there's actually a book that um, Brother Seagraves has written um, that is just excellent. If you know somebody that's going through some things that they're not really understanding, that book, I had a lady come to me one time that had just lost her husband, and she was going through it. And I, I, my pain, I felt her pain, and it was, I wasn't here to give her any answers because I'd never experienced that. I never did, you know. So I wasn't going to try to make up some answers, but I remember that's when this book first came out. And I gave her this book, and I said, listen, I think this might help you. And so she read it, and I'll never forget, she came back to me, and she said, oh, Brother Carnahan, thank you so much for giving me that book. That really helped me a lot. He said, she said, it didn't take away all the pain, but she said, it really helped me to understand some of the things. And man, I was thinking, wow, that's great. That's what we're here for. And so God can help you to do that in Jesus' name. And I don't know where you're at today. I'm going to talk about storms today. And not in a negative sense, praise God. We've had a couple of pretty good ones here in this area for us, okay? For us, if we get rain that lasts longer than 10 minutes, that's a storm for Wyoming, all right? Especially in this time of the year, praise God. But the other night, or last, there's been a couple of nights where it's actually rained off and on through the night. And of course, we sometimes keep our window open there in our place, and you can hear it. And oh, you talk about a peace. I don't know if that does that for you, but it does it for me. Praise God. But storms are a little bit different. Storms sometimes can, can, can ignite the fear in us, and we have to be careful with that. And God wants to help us, again, to see these things for what they are worth. I'm going to talk about three different types of storms here this morning. And I believe the Lord will help you to understand maybe where you're at and maybe what you could do about it. Wow, wouldn't that be wonderful? How many likes to come to church for solutions? So do I. And so I'm hoping that through the help of the Lord today, God will help you to have that in Jesus' name. Would you just lift up both of those hands if you're able right now? Close your eyes and let's pray right now. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Oh, hallelujah. Accepting your will, Lord God, in every aspect is a very hard thing, but it is one of those pills that we have to learn to swallow. And I pray that, Lord God, I pray that the spirit of revelation will be in this place, that eyes will be open, the understanding will be sharp, that people can literally walk out of this place in confidence. Praise God, knowing that you're there, that nothing happens that you don't know about. In Jesus' name, and Lord God, touch every person. I come against that spirit of depression again. Somebody brought it with them, and that's good, because we're going to rebuke it in Jesus' name. I command that to leave right now. Set that captive free. Praise God. This is not their fault. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. This is not their fault. 
Praise God. This is life. And help them to understand that in the name of Jesus. And I give you the praise and the glory. And everybody say amen. amen. Praise God. Let's give God just a praise a little bit. Can we do that? the name of the Lord. God is so good to us in Jesus' name. Here a couple of weeks ago, I found out um, a tremendous man of God passed away. Um, I guess it was in the 90s sometime. I'm not sure exactly what year, but this man and, and another person came to our district in a ministers and wives retreat up in Cody, Wyoming. And I'll never forget, he, he really was, he was kind of an unassuming person, but the words that he spake were tremendous. And he had come to our camp meeting oh, just a few months prior to that and, and spoke some things about angels and, and about things like that. And I still have the tapes and just, just did a tremendous... Uh, um, something for me. God has literally sent a lot of people out here um, through the years that have just tremendously ministered to me and been able to reach me in a lot of different dimensions and that type of thing. But I remember one night during one of our meetings, he read this, and I'll never forget this because it really did something for me, and I just want to read it for you, and I might make further remarks about this tonight, I don't know, but I just want to, the, the title of this, this reading is Feeling, Fact, and Faith. Feeling, fact, and faith. Look at somebody and go, feeling, fact, and faith. Yes, the three Fs. Well, and, it's, it's in, and, and the analogy here is three men. It says three men were walking on a wall, feeling, faith, and fact, when feeling had an awful fall, and faith was taken back. So close was faith to feeling that he stumbled and fell too. But fact remained and pulled faith back, and faith brought feeling too. Isn't that tremendous? That is a, uh, that, that, I've read that through the years, and that has spoke volumes to me, praise God, because that's where I found myself a lot of times. Amen. And so you think about that. We all have them. We all have these kind of things, and we all go through things, and, and you know, we got a world today that, that wants to make you sicker than you are. <laughs> they really do, because they've got some things they want you to take, you know, and that type of stuff. I have a brother who was involved in psychology for, oh, 40-some years, and he just retired here, oh, uh, last spring, and I uh, appreciate him. Irv and I have had a lot of um, interesting conversations over the years. I'll just put it that way. And he's told me some stories about some of the people that came through his office and stuff like that and, and um, uh, tremendous things, tremendous things. But he told me years ago, he said in his industry, in the psychological industry, he said they literally, he said, give out drugs way too, too easy. He said, in fact, he said probably, I forget what the percentage was. I want to say it was like around 80 or 85%. He said of the people that come into his office, that's what they want him to do. They just want him to write out a prescription, you know. And, and he really has been very adamant through the years. Not that he's against medication, and I, and I don't want you to think that I'm totally against it. There are some people that because of what you've done to your life, you know, while you're waiting for God to restore that, and he might and he might not, you might need some help. And that is not a bad thing. 
Listen to me, if anything, being in the kingdom of God for going way, way over 40 some odd years has helped me, that we can't spiritualize everything. I'd love to. I wish everything could be just answered by prayer. No, sometimes you've got to pray and then you've got to say, I'm going to stay no matter what. Amen. See, these are the kind of things that we have to come to terms with. But you know, the, the spiritual world sometimes finds itself in conflict with a lot of other things when we've got to be careful with that. Amen. And I'm not here to condone everything, like my brother said. It, it, we want the easy way. Most of our culture, that's where we're at. You know, and I'm not putting people down. I'm just telling you how it is, and I'm also telling you how I am. There's times, lots of times, I come to God and I say, God, I just want this to be over. I just want this to be through. I want to do something else. I want to go someplace else. And I know that you do the same thing. And you know, God isn't some kind of a spiritual Santa Claus where he's going to give you everything you want. My goodness, we'd really have a world full of trouble if that was the case. And so he's into the repairing business. He's in the place where he wants to help us to understand. Sometimes, like I said, the why we do things takes a long time to come to the surface. But when it does, and it will if you live for God, it will. I'm guaranteeing you, if you live for God long enough, everything that is why in your life will come to the surface. And you will have an opportunity to deal with it there. And with God's help, you can praise God. And so this feeling and this faith and this fact stuff, we, we have to accept that, praise God, to the, that that's where we're at. And, you know, we want to think that we're, you know, boy, we can handle anything until we get there. And then we really realize, and a lot of times what we'll realize is how much help we really need. Amen. Amen. And that's not a sign of weakness, folks. That is a sign of faith. And so hopefully God today has maybe got you to a place where some of that is happening in your life, praise God, and you're realizing it. See, I don't believe in any accidents in the kingdom of God. I don't. I, and I, I, I believe everything is for a purpose. I believe God will, is doing something all the time in our life. But you and I, we have the unique ability to, to put things on the back burner and to dismiss things and put off things. And no doubt, myself included in this place, there are things in our life right now that we've just simply put off. We don't want to do that. We're trying to avoid that conversation. We really don't want to go to that person and say the things that God wants us to say to them. I'm telling you, the room is full of it. But I'm here to tell you, the good news is God is still for you. He still loves you. He still wants to give you strength and he still wants to help you to be the person that he's designed you to be in Jesus' name. And so a lot of times that's what will happen in Jesus' name. Look at this. I want you to see the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah is a tremendous book. It has a lot of information in it. It says a lot of things about God, the oneness of God and who he is and that type of thing. And sometimes we have, you know, I, I, I believe it's, an, it's a very important book for you and I to dwell on. I read the book of Isaiah, and sometimes I just, I, I just marinate on it. I let the, the words say. Now, listen to the words in the 26th chapter of the book of Isaiah, praise God. The Bible says there, it says, In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. A song, praise God. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. The Bible says thou will keep him in perfect peace. Say that word with me, perfect peace. 
perfect peace. It says, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. And that's where we struggle sometimes. We struggle keeping our mind on God. You know, that, and, and, I, and again, I'm not here to tell you that I'm the, the, the epitome of perfection at that. But I've learned through the years that if I can get back to that, Praise God. That's why I make the things, you know, like reading the Bible and, and praying a regular thing in my life. Not that it has become a ritual. It could, but it's not for me. It's what helps me to keep my mind on Him. And somebody here needs to wake up and smell that sauce. Literally, you need to see that. Praise God. That we're not reinventing the wheel here. A lot of things that we read in this Bible, my goodness, they've been doing the stuff that we're doing for years. But we've, we've got this idea that God's going to come up with another plan, a little easier one, or some kind of a new intervention here in these last days. And I'm here to tell you, I don't think that's going to happen. I think people are going to continue, praise God, doing the things that God established on this earth, praise God. And I believe they're going to make a difference. I believe they are making a difference, praise God. If you were in here last night, praise God, and you would have felt that prayer, at times it was like, man, it was going into the stratosphere. It was powerful. What is that? It's called prayer. That's what it's called. God makes the invitation. He says, you could come if you want, but what do we do? We want to do something else. And what happens is most of the time, and I'm not reprimanding, I'm just reminding you, is the fact that our minds get put on something else. And pretty soon we have this conflict going on in our brain, and man, we don't know where it came from. And yes, we do. Come on, folks, you're not and I'm not that stupid. We understand, praise God. Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. Come on, if you read those Gospels and you begin to allow and absorb the things that Jesus was talking about, I'm going to tell you something, folks. Your understanding level will immediately go way up. And you'll know what's going on. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to become a perfect person. It just means that you're going to understand why. Praise God. And so when we talk about storms, that's an important ingredient. Praise God, we got to understand that sometimes we're just caught up in the mix of it. It wasn't our fault, we just happened to be here. Praise God. I look at that as nations right now. Um, you know, one of the oldest nations that we know of in our modern history is going through something tremendous, and that is England. Uh, I don't know, over, over the last few, oh, maybe it's been 20 or 30 years or something like that, um, the, the, the monarchy over there has fascinated me. Um, I could give you my personal opinion of it, but that wouldn't do anybody any good. I'm just saying it has fascinated me. And I don't know her. I have no idea. I never knew her, never met her and that type of thing. But I had a, I, I don't know, I just kind of developed a very big uh, um, ad admiration for that queen. That she really went through a lot of things. Some of the things that she said in her earlier years when she was only 21 years of old, and obviously she didn't know. <laughs> but at that time, she made him because of where she was at, that I am going to give myself to service, whether my life is long or whether it is short. That's what I'm going to do. Wow. I don't know about you, but that's powerful. And for somebody, not only to talk the talk, but for 70 years to do that. My goodness, folks. Oh, I'm not saying she didn't make any mistakes. I'm not saying that she didn't screw up a couple of times. But wow, for somebody to say, I'm going to do that, what I said, for 70 years. And she didn't want the job. It's kind of like when I became district superintendent out here. I didn't vote for me. But sometimes you're thrust into those positions. 
And God does that. And whether you're ready or not, praise God, you're going to have to take on that challenge. And boy, I mean to tell you, you know, God isn't here to ruin you. He's here to help you, to make you, to bring you stronger. Can somebody feel the Holy Ghost right now? Come on, I believe that there's something ministering in here that's going to help you get over these things and get through them and become that productive person in the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus. And so God wants to keep our minds, our hearts in perfect peace. He wants to do that. But our minds have got to be stayed on Him. And so this is what we've got to look at in our daily routine. What are you doing to cause that to happen? Yeah. What are you doing? And again, I'm not here to, you know, to, to rake you over the coals. I'm just saying, good thing he didn't come back last night, right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You got another day. You got another chance. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to sit there and pout because the preacher's getting a little bit too uncomfortable for you? Or are you going to raise up and say, come on, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to let God become God in my life. I'm going to let him speak to me through his word. I'm going to come to prayer meeting. I'm going to come to fasting time. I'm going to do these things because I want my mind stayed on him. For those of you that don't know, that was preaching. Yeah. Yeah, piercing. Piercing. Yes. Praise God. And so this is what God does. Praise God. There's a scripture in the book of um, Hebrews that I want to bring to your attention, and then we'll talk about the three different types of storms here. But look at uh, Hebrews. The book of Hebrews, as I related to last week, nobody knows who really wrote that book. We kind of thought we do, and it kind of appears like a few people, but we really don't know. But for some reason, this scripture has been put, or this book has been put in the Bible, and I'm glad it has because it's a rich book. What I've learned from the book of Hebrews is, is it's a short um, uh, Bible study on the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. It has tons of information about that in there. It talks about the sacrifices and, and things like that and how you and I, because of better sacrifices, we can come boldly into the throne room of grace. Oh, grace is an influencer. Never forget that. And the Bible says, the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that to live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. Amen. This is what it teaches us to do, to keep our minds on Jesus. Yeah, and that doesn't mean you walk around going, Jesus, 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 Jesus. No, that's not how it works. It just means that you saturate your mind enough with this stuff that no matter what comes your way, praise God, one of the first thoughts that you're going to have is what would God do? How would he handle this? Where does he want me to go with this in Jesus' name? And so the book of Hebrews tells us another way that we can accomplish this. Look at this. The Bible says in chapter 2 and verse number 1, Two and one, praise God. The scripture says there, it says, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. There it is. That's what happens. Sometimes we got it. We get into a Sunday night service and we walk out of here going, Whoa, this can happen. And by Monday afternoon, maybe a little earlier, I don't know, we think, Boy, what was going on in that service? Or... How did that happen and all that, you know? We just kind of let it slip out, don't we? We do. 
And so here again, I'm just reminding us that that's what it is. Because the Bible says in verse 2, for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just, you know, fair payment, recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect? And the word neglect there just means to make light of it. It doesn't mean to deny it. Doesn't mean that you don't believe it anymore. It just means it isn't that quite as important to you as it used to be. And as a pastor, that's what I observe with people. That's my job. That's what God put me here for. That's why I'm considered the watchman on the wall. Yeah, and I don't call you up and become the Pentecostal police, but I pray for you. I prayed for many of you this morning. I prayed that God would shake you, that God would take some things in your life and begin to shake you. I didn't mean that in vengeance. I meant that out of love. I'm going to tell you something, folks. I don't believe there's anything better than salvation. I don't think there's anything better than what we got to look forward to in the heavenlies. I mean that. I'm not just saying that, folks. I've been trying to live my life that way for the last 40-some years. And I mean that. And some people just need to get on that stick. They need to understand, come on, what are you looking for? What do you really want? Come on, you just want to become some kind of a, of a yo-yo? Up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. That's, that's about the best you're going to do in this life. But I'm going to tell you something. What God did for me after a couple of years of living for Him and really making up my mind I wanted to live for Him is God took those low periods out. I don't get, I've never gotten quite as low as I did before I came to God. And I'm not picking on anybody here. I'm just telling you God doesn't want you to get that low. He wants you to understand, praise God, that he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Come on, that's a promise for you. That's not some cliche. You don't have to go to 10 years of Bible college to get that. All you got to do is want that in the name of Jesus. That's what God will do for you. Praise God. And I'm going to tell you something. The peace of God that goes beyond our understanding is powerful. Jesus said in the Gospel of John, peace I give you. Peace I leave with you. Come on, folks. That's what God gives us is true peace. And so you and I, we can, we can count on that. Praise God. And in the world you and I are living in, you know, this is, this is powerful stuff. When people can see that word lived out right before them right before their lives. And so this is what God does. And so how are, we going to neglect, uh, how are we going to escape if we neglect so great a salvation? If we're going to start thinking little about certain things of God. You know, uh, you know the, the, the principle of what you sow is what you reap comes into play. That's not God being unfair to you. That's life. Everybody gets that opportunity. Jesus said one time, he said, it rains on the rich and on the poor. Come on, this is the way it works in Jesus' name. And so God will help us to understand. And there's no doubt there's some in here, um, either you're going through it or you're going to be going through some storms. You are. And I'm not here to scare you because that's not what it's meant to do. It's to prepare you. Jesus said, I go away to pre Prepare a place for you, that where I am, you may be also. Now, if Jesus has got to prepare some things and take some time to do it, who do we think we are? Amen. And so that's why the Bible gives us scriptures, like in second, second chapter of Philippians, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus be also in you. Who he didn't take upon himself a reputation. He wasn't concerned about his image. 
He had, he had a mission, praise God. And wow, what a way that he did that in Jesus' name. And so let's talk about storms here for the next 10 minutes or so. Praise God. The first one that I want to talk to you about is sometimes a storm that you and I will take ourselves to or we will put ourselves in. And there's many places in the Bible that you can, you can look at this. But one place I want you to see here this morning is in the book of Jonah. The book of Jonah, praise God, talks about a storm, praise God, that God uh, takes somebody through in Jesus' name. And I'm not here to have you compare yourself with Jonah. I'm just here to say that sometimes you're going to find yourself in that place. And the best thing you can do is... is is, is let God get you back to where, where he needs to be. Now look at the book of Jonah. The Bible says in verse number one there in the chapter one. I'm not going to read the entire book. I mean, you can study this for yourself. It's, 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 a, it's a story that probably most of you have heard in one way or the other. But we forget what happened first. And first happened in verse number one, of chapter number one. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. And that's what's important. John chapter 1 and verse number 1, the gospel. In the beginning was the word. Yes. Never forget. That's the first thing God will bring to somebody is the word. And that's why I'm here to tell you, you know, people are getting that all over this world. Now, whether or not they pay attention to it or not is up to them. But the word is being preached. The word is being, is being presented. It just happens. And so everybody's going to get it. It doesn't make any... You're not going to stand up before God and say, you forgot me, God, and that ain't going to happen. I believe God will have some unique ways to bring that back to our attention. And so we must understand the word came to Jonah, okay? And just like Jonah, you know, God gave us a specific order, and that was for him to go to Nineveh. Now, I don't know if you've ever done any teaching or any um, um, studying about Nineveh. Nineveh wasn't a nice place. It was like East Dubuque, Brother George told you. It was like the south side of Chicago. I mean, this place had a reputation. And the word came to Jonah, I want you to go there. And boy, I mean to tell you, like Jonah, he digs in his heels. Now again, I'm not, I'm not liking you as unto Jonah. I'm just using this as an example, praise God. This is what happens when we reject the word sometimes is that sometimes we bring a storm into our life. And that's not God threatening you. That's not God you know, telling you you're, the, you're God's worst. That's God helping you to understand how much you can really do without Him. That's really what that is meant to be. God's not trying to threaten you. He loves you. He cares for you. He's got a seat for you up in heaven. Praise God. But sometimes we don't think that. We think what we got down here is a whole lot better. We're like the, the Israelites. Let's go back to Egypt. What? You didn't have nothing going for you in Egypt. You had 14-hour day work, work days. You were eating onions, which I think is pathetic. I mean to tell you, they had it rotten there. Come on, folks. And that's exactly the way you got it in the world. You can paint it any way you want. Go ahead and get yourself a good education, nice car, nice home. But I'm going to tell you something. That stuff's going to end. You're going to find yourself an old man like me someday, and you're going to go, what's it all about? Yeah, not unless you got God. Because I'm going to tell you something. God's never kept any secrets from me about that. He's always told me that you only got a limited life down here. You better make this one work, praise God. Because one of these days, whether I rapture the whole church or not, you're going to, you're going to breathe your last. Does that make me sad? Not as much as it used to. 
I'm telling you the truth. Praise God. So here's Jonah, and he's not getting. So what does Jonah do? This is what some of us do. Look at verse number three, and some of you need to underline this. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish. That's where some people go. Instead of going, you know, to Nineveh, they go to Tarshish. Now, you can put whatever names you want on that. You know, you can, instead of going to Nineveh, which is the church, prayer meeting, reading your Bible, whatever it is, we go to Tarshish. Yeah, we're going to get entertained. We're going to go have a good time. We're going to go be with our buddies. Come on, I know I'm convicting somebody here, but that's just the way it is. Come on, that's what brings storms sometimes. Yeah, and so this is what happened to, to him. And so the Bible says that he went down to a ship. He thought, man, I'm getting out of here. I am going to hide myself from the things of God. But look at verse number four. It says, but the Lord, not anybody else. This wasn't his buddies. This is God sending out a great wind into the sea. And there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken, praise God. And so you understand that Jonah was trying to hide that. In fact, he went down into the depth of the the boat and he was even able to sleep through it. Seriously, read it for yourself. They had to get out and wake the guy up. Yeah. And that's, that's what scares me about me. And that's why I depend so heartily on God. Is because I can become a royal creep in a hurry. I can become some kind of an arrogant no good in a hurry. And I'm not denigrating myself, folks. I'm just identifying you my flesh. That's the way it is. And that's why I need God. And God, I want to hear your word. That's why I pray the way I pray. It's because I want to hear what he has to say. I want to understand what's going on. I don't want to sit around here, you know, with my heads up going, I wonder what God's doing, you know, that type of thing. I don't want that. Maybe you do. Maybe you feel comfortable in that. But let me know how that's working out for you, okay? I don't think it's probably working out very well. Why don't you just get with the plan of God? Why don't you just make up your mind that, God, you're going to be able to speak to me anytime you want in the name of Jesus, and I'm going to hear it in Jesus' name. And so the Bible says they finally got the guy awake. And in verse number 12, the scripture, or verse number 11, it says, Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee? He realizes, once he's awake, he realizes why they're in this storm. Come on, folks. People aren't stupid. He knows what's going on. And so, so old Jonah, man, he says, okay, why don't you go ahead and let's do something about it. In verse number 11, it says, then, they, then said they unto him, what shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. Boy, say that six times. And he said unto them in verse number 12, take me up and cast me forth unto the sea, so that the sea was calm unto you. For I know... Somebody needs to underline that because that's your message. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. I'm going to tell you something, folks, right now in, on a little bit of a secret. You ready? Here, take, take that seat belt in your chair there and fasten it. Go ahead, do that. Come on. Praise God. Praise God. The most miserable people in the world are not people who are riddled with cancer or people who have just lost all their money. Do you want to know who the most miserable people in the world are? Are people who know the will of God and are not doing it. That is not a threat 
That's a storm. And the storm doesn't have to take place over the Pacific or the Atlantic. The storm can take place right here between your two ears. Yeah. I'm telling you the truth. This is not a threat. This is to help somebody understand that, number one, we can bring storms into our lives. And we need to recognize that. And I want you to understand it's not because God wants to make a huge example out of you and make you look bad. It's because God is trying to get your attention. He's trying to help you. God will go to the nth degree to make sure you're saved. I'm going to tell you something. Every person that stands before God in the judgment seat is going to have that little bit of a speech sent to them. They're going to see the extent that God went to try to help you and to save your soul. I'm telling you the truth, folks. And if you're feeling the intensity of this, good. Because you must. This is how shall we escape when we neglect Make little of this. And that's exactly what our culture is good at. Oh, don't convict me, Pastor. Don't you tell me things that I'm doing wrong. I want to feel good about everything. Well, you need to go to another church then. And I'm not throwing you out of here, folks. I'm telling you how it is. There's a lot of things in life, man, I don't want to feel good about. And here it is. Now listen, he was in the boat with some pretty kind guys. Because the Bible says they didn't throw him overboard right away. Look at verse number 13. Any more than the world will overthrow you overboard right away. Look at what they did in verse 13. The scripture says, nevertheless, the men rode hard. That meant they were trying to save this guy. But I'm going to tell you something. They were fighting against the things of God. And they weren't going to win. And so overboard is where, where Jonah went. Now, you, you know the rest of the story, praise God. I'm, I, know, I got two more that I want to give you. But the bottom line here, folks, that's where we find ourselves. We find ourselves going to Tarshish instead of Nineveh. And I don't know what that exactly means for you right now, but I got a feeling there's about 85% of you in here, you know exactly what that means. You know what that means. Look at somebody and say, storms. Yeah, storms. They can. But then we find ourselves, number two, in a place where other people bring storms into our lives. I'm reminded of the book of Acts, and I'll be brief here. You can study this for yourself in the 27th chapter of the book of Acts. This is where Paul's going to Rome, remember that? You know, and he's just preaching the gospel. And they find themselves in this little haven, this little, little port, you know. And Paul hears from God, because he's a godly man. And he goes to the captain, and he says, Captain, he said, I think we ought to just put the anchor down and stay here. This is where we ought to be, because it's a little late in the season, and man, we get out there in the seas, things are going to happen to us. And the Bible says, study it for yourself, the captain of the ship, well, he had a budget he had to keep. And he had, it wasn't his ship, it was somebody that owned it, and he had to get this cargo places. And that's just the way the world is. And so they sail on. And they get out in the midst of this sea out there, and the Bible uses the term Iraklidin. Do you know what the word Iraklidin means? It means violent agitation. Yeah, violent agitation. And how many of you get around people, usually on a weekly basis, like that? Yeah. And it has a tendency to get us to be violent agitated, right? I'm telling you the truth. And you and I, we can get caught up in that drama. We can get caught up in trying to figure this all out and trying to help people. Listen to me. I'm not in charge of the economy. 
I'm not in charge of the stock market. I love God. He's got all of this stuff in his hands. I'm not going to try to figure out those storms. But sometimes I find myself in the midst of those storms. Can somebody who knows what I'm talking about say amen? amen. Come on. But the good news here in this story, praise God, is that God kept them. And if they, if they stayed in the ship, no matter how bad things got, God gave Paul a guarantee. He said there won't be anybody lost. Now, if you study the rest of that story, you're going to find that that ship literally disintegrated, which is what's happening in our world right now. We're seeing all kinds of ships out there that are literally disintegrating. Now, listen to me, folks. Do you want perfect peace? Do you want your mind stayed on Him? Or do you want to follow the storms of life? And I'm going to tell you something. On any given day, you can find yourself in the midst of probably 10 to 15 of them. And that doesn't mean I don't care for people. It just means that that's not my area. My area is to preach the gospel. The Spirit of the Lord is upon him. For he hath anointed him to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent him to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, to set, you know, the sight, giving back sight to the blind, praise God, to set at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I take that scripture literally. That's what I am to do. And that's what I try to do in this place on a regular basis. So there are storms that you can produce, and then there are storms that others are going to produce. And then the third one, in my opinion, are storms that God is going to prove to us that he can take us through. Amen. Amen. And we find that in the Gospels. We find that, praise God. The 8th chapter of the book of, of, of Matthew, chapter, or chapter 8, and verses 23 through 27, you will find that the disciples got in a boat. And Jesus was an itinerary preacher, which meant he didn't spend too much time in one place. He was traveling all over the place because he only had a short three-and-a-half-year period where he went out and did these miracles. So he would go from place to place, praise God. But one night, they got caught up in a storm out there. It wasn't their fault. It's just the way it was. Service got over late, and they had to get home, praise God. But here comes Jesus. And I'm going to tell you something. Jesus has a way of calming, praise God, storms like this. Study this for yourself. Begin to see yourself sometimes in that place. That this is what God is doing. He's trying to help you to understand, praise God. A good analogy of this, and I'm going to leave you with this before we leave, praise God today, is the book of Daniel, chapter number three. Yeah, remember that? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This was a hot storm they were getting into. Everybody else was bowing. Everybody else was saying, we're going to do exactly what oh, the king says. And they couldn't do that because they knew there was only one God and Nebuchadnezzar wasn't it. And so they did not bow. And so the king made an example of them. Heated up that stove seven times hotter. The people that threw these boys in there, praise God. The boys, they actually got consumed by the fire. How would you like to have that job? Yeah. And so the Bible says when they got in that furnace, they saw somebody. And this is what will happen in a storm that God's going to take you through, is that God will help you to see him. But it's not going to be because you're panicking, because you've allowed your feelings to take you in different places. You're going to have to have some fact. 
You're going to have to believe God's word. You're going to have to understand what he's doing. This is not for the faint of heart. This is for people who really want to keep their minds on him. And I believe that God, just like he did those three Hebrew children, he will allow us to see something during that time that we have never seen before in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. I'll read this again tonight, but I want to leave you with this. There were men feeling, fact, and faith. Three men were walking on a wall, feeling, faith, and fact, when feeling had an awful fall, and faith was taken back. So close was faith to feeling that he stumbled and fell too, but fact remained and pulled faith back, and faith brought feeling too. That's what God is doing here. Amen. He's not denying your feelings. He's not denying your up and downness. But what he is telling you, that he, he will keep you in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee. I want to leave you with one last scripture here. And it's found in the book of Philippians. Praise God. I'm going to have you stand. You can stand because this is it. I am... I am, I am delivering the last scripture. Praise God. Look at chapter number four. Chapter number four, Philippians. I think it's nine or ten times in this book the, the term rejoice is brought out. And Paul literally, history supports the fact that he wrote this letter from jail. He was not in a good place. And so he uses the the theme rejoice in this book. And so watch this. The scripture says in verse number 4, here we see it again. The scripture says rejoice in the Lord always. You wonder what were these people doing for the first 25 minutes that I came in here. I was looking at you and I and she pulled up at the parking lot and you were early. She was early. She was. But I thought of you this morning, not in any kind of some way. I thought, man, the first time I came to a service like this. Yeah, I know. Not that I can read minds, but I can identify. You know, it took me back down in my first time. Oh, I thought, what is going on here? Doesn't anybody in this church have a bad day? Doesn't anybody in this church watch the news? Yeah, that's the kind of things I thought of. But after a while, I thought, wow, this is powerful. This is what we do. I'm not saying we make a God out of this. But again, this is what helps us keep our minds stayed on him. Now, come on, somebody here that's having a problem with with maybe some of the demonstrative type of worship here, I'm not asking you to be just like everybody else. But listen to me, and I bet you came to the same conclusion. I'm going to do something, and that's exactly what I thought when I came in here. I'm not going to sit here like some bump on the log. I'm not going to sit here and just let this moment escape me. I'm going to try this stuff. And boy, when I would begin to lift my hands and begin to praise God, I'm going to tell you something, folks. I don't know about you, but God came close. God came into my life. 
Now that's why my idea, after two months of in the church, I said the best thing we could do is let's just everybody live here. Let's just quit our jobs and we'll just have services seven days a week. We get them in the morning, evening, and in the afternoon. But I understood that's not how it works. Because you and I would not be able to digest that much. But listen, to go months, weeks, even days without doing that doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't care how life has treated you. I just don't think it makes any sense at all to allow the world to rule me that way. And again, I believe that God is trying to emphasize that to us. And so Paul says it again in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. What part of rejoice do you not understand? I can see him saying that. Yeah. And then he says, let your moderation, and that word moderation is self-control. Feeling, faith, in fact, which one of them has got the self-control? Yeah. And so the scripture says, let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto the Lord. And guess what the byproduct of that is? Look at that. Verse number seven. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. There it is. He will keep you. He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is kept on him. Praise God. Heavenly Father, right now, I know there's a mixed multitude here. I know there are people that are really going through it right now. I know there are people that are going to go through it, Lord God. And I believe for the understanding of the Lord to come into this place right now. Lord Jesus, I believe that your word and your spirit, Lord God, can accomplish so much more in the next 15 seconds if we'll allow it. If we'll allow it, God, your word can accomplish great things. Mm. I believe right now, God, you can fix those wires, those mental wires that are crossed right now. I believe you can straighten them out in the name of Jesus. In fact, I call upon the name of the Lord for healing right now in this place. I call for the power of God to come in into that depressed person, the one that is prone to that, that Lord God, the next time it ain't going to work like that in Jesus' name, that God, your word and your spirit is going to begin to develop a relationship. And Lord God, your commandments are going to be taken heed to in the name of Jesus. Strengthen right now, Lord. Come on, let's dig in just a little bit deeper. Come on, God is here. He's here to do something wonderful. Wonderful. Oh, wonderful. That's it. Just give it to him. Cast, cast all of your care. Cast all of your care unto the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus. That's it. Mm, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Powerful. Powerful. Oh, my Yonabokohosha. 
Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, strengthen, Lord God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Let's try this again now. Let's try this again. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name. For you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. For you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. One more time, come on. You deserve the glory. Everybody, if you can, if you got a voice, sing it. And the, uh, come on, God is reaching for you right now. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name. For you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. You are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. Can we, before we're dismissed, just lift up the Lord right now in your own voice.